0: welcome back to the island jay Hoda bala alahi back at it for another episode of baller island we're gonna discuss all four nba second round playoff series three out of the four are headed to a best of three The jazz and the clippers are tied up at two same with the nets and bucks and the hawks and sixers all tied up at two And we have our first team headed to the Conference Finals, Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns are headed to their first Western Conference Finals since 2010 after sweeping this year's MVP, Nikola Jokic, and the Denver Nuggets. We will talk about all four of those series. And later on, we'll talk a little NBA draft lottery as the lottery is set to go next Tuesday night. And of course, don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. what is going on people welcome back to the island jay sahoda bala and the nba playoff second round is coming down to the wire with three series heading to game five knotted up at two b how we feeling going into really a best of three now into three out of these four second round series
1: man some unexpected drama in some of these no
0: yeah, I, I can see that. I think definitely two of them definitely took, and honestly, all three took an unexpected turn. I'd say the least expected was probably the Sixers-Hawks, knowing the Hawks took game one, but the Sixers should have had that game. But other than that, I'm, I'm not really totally surprised about the Jazz Clippers. The Bucks nets I'm not totally surprised either. I'm happy Milwaukee came back. But there is definitely some injury developments that we got to get to on for that series.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, this, this is great basketball now. The, the, congrats to the Phoenix Suns on, on getting into the Oh, absolutely.
0: Finals. Huge round so, of
1: applause. Yeah. Chris Paul, this might be his time, man. This, they've been my dark horse all year. And uh, you called, you said the winner of that series is going into the finals. So we both kind of been on them and hey, it might be their year. I
0: I hope so man and I think honestly whoever they play whether it's going to be Kawhi and the Clippers or Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz I think it would be an incredible series either way but I've been thinking the whole time if it's Utah Phoenix man it's it's the 90s all over again if that's the case but either way I think it's going to be a heck of a Western Conference finals but the, the remainder of that Jazz Clippers series. And I guess we'll we'll start there as the Suns have already clinched a spot in the Western Conference Finals after really just blowing right past the Denver Nuggets in four. Um, before we get to the Jazz Clippers thing, I do want to ask you one thing about the end of that Suns-Nuggets game with Nikola Jokic fouling out in that flagrant two. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, no, that was... I didn't think that was... He does that. He's just a frustration foul. He wasn't getting the calls his way. I mean, he's the MVP of the league. He should be getting more calls than he is. And it was totally, like, as soon as that happened, I'm like, he walked over right away to go check on, on campaign. And then Booker got, that's the thing I can't stand about Booker. I feel like Booker's always just ready to throw hands. He's a bit of a hothead. And Jokic is just like, bro, like, it's, just not, it's not like that. Like, he. it's not a beef thing. He wasn't trying to do it on purpose or anything. You saw him dab him up at the end. That's what it's about. Jokic ain't that type of dude. I don't know why Booker took such offense to it. I was kind of pissed off about that. But that game might have been one of the greatest games I've seen Chris Paul play.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I'll get the CP3 in a second. But to to finish up on Jokic, I think, yeah, the, the guy's still a class act. The way that he handled it and all, and going to campaign after that, I totally agree with that. The one thing I'll say is, you're down 3-0. I get it. You're frustrated. It's been a frustrating series. It's been a frustrating, you know, last end of the series. You got it out a win against Portland. But, you know, I, I just think if you're the MVP and you're the leader of your team, it was pretty clearly, blatantly obvious that he, it was clearly a huge windup when going for the ball. And I don't think he needed to do it that aggressively, knowing you're down 3-0 and you're not putting your, you're not helping your team. By doing something like that do i think a flagrant two is a little bit excessive yes but at the same time i i would have been a little more mindful than that, knowing you know you got to try your best to put your team in the best position to win and i don't think that was the best position to do so but yeah, he does I don't- that
1: though you know every time he, i've seen him do that a few times this year and it's just like it's he does it when the other team's rolling just to like just to like Give him a little bump, like so. It's not, you know, it's just like a momentum stopper. Yeah, yeah. it's not nothing gross, like nothing, you know, over the top about it. It's just, I guess that was a little, but I don't think a flagrant two. You call him a flagrant foul, sure. A flagrant two to kick the MVP out of the league, like MVP of the league out of that game. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that call.
0: Yeah, no, it was a little excessive. I'll agree with that. But anyways, I mean, I do salute the Denver Nuggets. It was it was pretty difficult without Jamal Murray to do what they did. I think you and I both agreed that without Jamal Murray, second round was their ceiling. But did we expect the Suns to roll past them the way that they did? I don't think so. I think you and I both had to go in at least six, seven games. But again, congratulations to the Phoenix Suns on what has been an incredible season, and they're going to get some much-needed rest. And before we move on to the Jazz Clippers series, yeah, I, I got to salute my guy, Chris Paul. That was an absolutely classic Winning. match. Yeah, I, there was that one stint that I watched because I, I didn't watch the, the, the fourth quarter of that game, but in that third quarter, I believe it was like a 9 or an 11-0 run by himself. And this is a guy... Back in the beginning of the Lakers series, we were like, oh my God, if Chris Paul's not healthy, I don't know about the Phoenix Suns. Two, three weeks later, this guy's dropping 37 against the Denver Nuggets. I mean, that's like, I, I can't even put that into words. This is this is exactly why I want Chris Paul to win the title. And I hope this is his year because the guy's been doing this forever. And to see him do that and drop 37 points, which I didn't even know he, he had it. I didn't even know he had a game like that left in him in the tank in year whatever this is seventeen or eighteen is just absolutely remarkable and and I cannot wait to watch the Phoenix Suns he, in at least one more the, series.
1: Yeah, you called out that third quarter stand, but he had a fourth quarter stand too when Will Barton kind of brought them back in the game. And I was literally like, it's like an eight-point game or something in the audience. and I'm I'm looking at my dad. I'm like, yo, watch this right now. Six minutes left. See how many plays he makes. Eight points, an assist, a steal. In like the last six minutes and the, the game was just a wrap. He just, every time I notice this about Chris Paul, like he doesn't look to score. He'll only look to score when they need a bucket. They don't look at Devin Booker. They look at Chris Paul and Chris Paul's mid range game is just automatic at this point.
0: Yeah, no, his mid-range game is just unbelievable, and I I correct that. This is year 16, but either way, that is just absolutely remarkable. And again, I I cannot speak more highly enough of Chris Paul. He is one of my favorite players in the NBA. He's been one of my favorites, and I feel the exact same way that I felt about Kyle Lowry when the Raps won the title is the same way that I feel about Chris Paul winning the Suns. It's like this guy has been grinding, Gutting out all these years of heartbreak, I I really hope that this is that this is the year for CP3 and the young sons. But MPJ the good...
1: definitely didn't look right. They were kind of targeting them too.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I could definitely see that. But I mean, at the end of the day, they're getting a much needed week of rest because this Clippers Jazz series could more than likely go to seven games. So. The Suns are going to get some nice rest off. So let's let's go over to the Jazz Clippers series now, of course. The Clippers doing their usual down 0-2 stunt as they've done for the past two series, but they've come back and they won in opposed post-to-last series where the road team was won every game. The home team has won every game in this one, but on, on last week's episode, you called out Paul George and he has answered the bell in the last two games.
1: Two big-time games in a row. Um it's when he plays well that team just so different like it's not even funny how much better they are when he's playing well then you know Kawhi you know what you're gonna get with him Reggie Jackson's played pretty well this series as well and then yesterday Marcus Morris who's been struggling all series but you know one thing about Marcus Morris he ain't afraid to shoot he hit like five threes in the first half last game that game was over from the start but Donovan Mitchell is just on on another deal right now. He's like going crazy. You got to be one of the top top playoff performers. Like, if I'm picking anybody to have my on my team, and in the whole league for the playoffs, he's he's going to be right up there. That dude is a machine. Gobert, they're not getting enough from, and I think it's due to Conley still being out. I didn't think Conley would miss four games. I thought he would have missed the first one. Maybe that's it. But him being out, their whole pick-and-roll game is just gone now. At this point, it's just Donovan Mitchell, here you go, take the ball and go score. They have nothing else at this point.
0: Yeah, basically. I mean, I've, I've really liked what I've seen out of out of Jordan Clarkson, although he had a pretty off game in Game 4, but he, he looked pretty good in the first three games. But you're right. Mike Conley, I think, is definitely hurting them, especially in Games 3 and 4. And, yeah, you and I both didn't expect him to miss this many games we thought he was going to be back in game 3 apparently he's not we'll see what his status is for game 5 but yeah donovan mitchell i mean man i i had so much fun watching luca in that first in that first round series i'm having just as much fun watching donovan mitchell the guy is just straight up balling every night he wasn't really hitting on all cylinders i think it was in game 3 in the beginning but then once he got into rhythm the guy's just something else but but back to your point with Paul George yeah we all know what we're getting out of Kawhi we know the deal you're right Reggie Jackson's got a real nice stroke and you know you're getting a little bit out of Batum a little bit out of Zubats and and all that but this is the whole point of of having more than one superstar is to take the load off of The other superstar. That's the whole point of these of these super teams or whatever, or having two guys at the bare minimum of two superstars. Kawhi Leonard has been balling all playoffs long. Paul George hasn't really shown up. And now in the last two games, he's finally dropped 31 in both games. That's a big deal for this Clippers team because that adds a whole other dimension. Because now you gotta stop Kawhi Leonard. But now you got to do your best to stop Paul George, and both of them are really, really good defenders. Not even on offense; they're both scoring machines when they're on their game. But they are two when they're at when they're on their game. Truly, they are two of the best defenders in the entire association.
1: Uh, It's funny you mentioned. I was just about to go off on how PG's defense has taken a huge step back. But um, uh, it's weird now. I thought Serge Ibaka was the perfect, perfect five for. For the Clippers, and he hasn't been healthy all postseason, and then they just recently announced that he's out for the year, and I'm like, that is the perfect small ball five. He can stretch the floor, and he can protect the rim. Yeah,
0: there's nothing,
1: there's nothing better than that. Now he's out for the year, and I was like, yo, they're going to, like, Gobert killed them in the first two games just on the glass, and just being there in the paint, those dudes didn't even want to drive against him. Like, they were just scared at, at, at that point, but Now they're kind of embracing the small ball. They have Batum, basically, or Marcus Morris playing the five. Now they're dragging Gobert out of the key, which they did in the last two games. And now that's how Paul George is getting his buckets because you're going one-on-one. And I must say, though, the first two games, even one-on-one, Royce O'Neal and Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich can play D2. Those two did a great job on, on Kawhi and PG, but the two of them if you're playing a one-on-one with no backside help, they're talented enough to get their own buckets.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Utah definitely needs to get better. And, and no, I was just saying, Paul George, when he's on his game, but yeah, no, he's nowhere near as good on defense as he used to be, but I'll say that. But I mean, w- we'll see what happens in this series, but I, I think the way this is looking right now, if I had to make a pick now that it's a best of three, I, I said Rips. Clippers in six at first. I'm going to say Clippers in seven. I think the Jazz are going to come back home. They're going to get Game Five, and I think this is going to go to Game Seven. And I think even in Utah, I think Kawhi is going to show up. They're going to get a big game out of Paul George, unlike the Clippers in seven.
1: I I honestly could see the Clippers running the table at this point. I honestly, uh, is Mike Conley going to play this series? We, s- we're waiting. There's it feels like every series got one key dude missing, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really the golden question, but we'll find out. And that's a really good segue to the to the Nets-Bucks series, which we'll get to next. But yeah, I'm excited to see how this Jazz-Clippers uh, series unfolds. And it's now a best of three. But again, hold on, whoever,
1: before, hold on, before we go to the East, if you're Phoenix, which two, which other teams would you rather play? Utah, hands down.
0: Utah is more inexperienced. I know you got Donovan Mitchell, but I think Phoenix matches up a little bit better. You have DeAndre Ayton who can match up with Rudy Gobert. And like, I think both of us can agree, DeAndre Ayton has had an absolutely spectacular playoffs, especially with we didn't really know what to expect out of him coming in. So I would not be scared at all. I mean, the guy matched up against Anthony Davis, for God's sakes, in the massive LA Clippers and was fantastic. So they can match up there. And then you got CP three and Booker going up against if if Mike Conley's healthy, him and Donovan Mitchell, they match up a lot better. Whether the Clippers a little more experienced, I know they've never been to the Western Conference Finals, but Kawhi Leonard has. And Kawhi Rondo Leonard been has
1: there. Yep. And you know got, Rondo and CP three got that little beef they have.
0: Yep. Tyler's got a ring. A watch, yeah. The clip the Clippers, the Clippers, that's what I'm saying. Their organization hasn't been there but the players and the coaching staff have and that's the difference in there. So yes, I would say if I'm Phoenix I most certainly would rather have Utah. I mean, they were it's not like they were far fetched from first and second place. They only finished a game behind. So, they were kind of neck and neck all year for the number 1 seed. So, I would say that's most definitely the better matchup. But again, like I said before, I don't really care who wins this series. I think whoever wins comes out of this Jazz Clippers series against Phoenix in the West Finals is must-watch TV. I'm watching every game of that series. It's going to be spectacular no matter what. No, yeah, for sure. And I, It's
1: going to be – this. Is my thing with the Suns, man, is I like them. I've liked them all year, and it's weird. I like every single dude on that team except Devin Booker. I can't stand Devin Booker. I love watching his game. I think he's a great player. He just bugs me. Something about him, man. I don't know. I like Chris Paul, Cam Johnson, Mikael Burgess, Jay Crowder, Aiton, anybody. But he just bugs me. Actually, one thing before we move on to the East. Everybody talking about the, the mid-range game is dead. And the mid-range game is dead. And it's all three points and layups now. The best mid-range shooters in the league. Chris Paul. Devin Booker. KD. Kyrie. Kawhi Leonard. Uh, who else? Chris Middleton. Yep. All of these dudes are the best mid range shooters in the league. And they're the teams that are having success in the playoffs. Mid range game ain't dead, man. You need that.
0: Definitely not. Uh, that's a great call. I definitely don't think it's, it's dead either. And, and I think the one other thing to kind of look at is, isn't it kind of nice to have the group of teams that we have right now, which hardly any of these organizations have had hardly any playoff success? Like, it it is kind of nice and kind of a nice, you know, breath of fresh air to have no Lakers, no Miami, no Cleveland, no Golden State.
1: What would feel real good is if, if Brooklyn didn't win and it was a team that won with one star and, like, good role players, like
0: an actual team. That yeah. So, good. so anybody but Brooklyn or the Clippers, basically. <laughs> basically, I mean
1: the Clippers. I don't consider Paul George at that level. He's a, he's a B star. You know what I mean?
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. But anyways, I guess that's a that's a great segue into the Milwaukee Brooklyn series, which obviously last time we came on here, we absolutely roasted the heck out of Giannis and the Bucks, and they came back, and now it is two two game five tonight. No Kyrie Irving. But James Harden is expected to make a return, so it's not like KD's got to do this all by himself. But I think this is a great thing to look at where you called this back at the beginning of the playoffs when it started of how you can't rely on the Brooklyn Nets staying healthy.
1: Actually, I got to give my dad props halfway through the se- regular season it was everybody was like oh Brooklyn and Lakers guaranteed to meet in the finals he's like i bet you neither of the teams will be in the finals cuz both of them will get hurt right about Lakers and yep. it kind of looks that way about Milwaukee. So that is that real call but um yeah like i said i there's a difference i I don't wanna say it it's karma for Kyrie, but it, it kinda is karma. <laughs> I mean, dude, uh this kind of what you get. You're all about, you know, clearing off the, the sage and whatever, cleaning the, the stuff, and you you're the one created that. So that's on you. I don't really feel bad, but <laughs> I don't wanna see him get hurt. You know what I mean? I didn't wish for it. I'm just saying, hey. Anyways, but that you know one thing about Kyrie I look bad, but You've seen those videos of him and his ankle, like, mobility, basketballs, leaning forward, doing that whole Michael Jackson thing. He's got, like, gummy for ankles. Like, I don't know if it's as bad as it actually looked for a guy like that.
0: Yeah. No, I I actually didn't see the exact injury happen. But at the same time, you're right. I mean... When you're playing basketball, really any sport, you know, you're gonna trip over your ankles, you're gonna twist them once in a while and then you kind of shake it off and keep running. so I didn't actually see the exact play where he got hurt, but at the I mean you you took all the things that I wanted to say about Kyrie and I'm sure you were really really hyped to get that one out because I feel the same way. you know it sucks the suck. like i I have no sympathy for Kyrie Thank Irving uh, and yeah, do I hate what? do i do I hate to see people get hurt? No, I, I I really don't like seeing guys go down. I wish nothing but the best. I hope Kyrie ends up playing. It's, I, I think they ruled him out for the entire series, which is kind of unfortunate. I would want him back. I would want the Bucks to win healthy because nothing bugs me more than when guys get hurt and then they, that team loses and everyone goes, oh, but if they were fully healthy, they would have won. It's like, no, give me a break. Like, you know what? The matter of the fact is, they weren't healthy. And that's what happens when you put three stars that are madly injury-prone together. That's what you're going to get. KD is injury-prone coming off a torn Achilles. Kyrie Irving has been in and out of the lineup constantly for the last three years. And James no, no, Harden... No, no, no,
1: not, since friggin'
0: Duke when he played seven games, dude. Basically. Yeah, ba- basically. That's a good point. You know, what's funny that you even mentioned that. Kyrie Irving's the one guy that when people are like, oh, yeah, I went to Duke, and I'm like, Oh, right. He went to Duke because his tenure was so, like, it it didn't exist. And that's exactly to bounce that off your point. Like, it just, it it didn't happen. And then Harden, same thing. Like, the guys in and out of the lineup almost every night, too. And it's, that's what bugs me. And that's why I just, oh, my God, I would be so mad if Milwaukee did not finish this off. I don't care if it goes to a Game 7, just do it. Just finish them off, and we don't have to deal with the Nets Again, because they're just so so irritating. I just I cannot stand their team. I cannot stand their stars. I cannot stand the 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 colors, the court, the gray court is just is just. Anyways, aside from (laughs) aside from that, aside from that point, back to the basketball portion of this series. Now, before we get
1: to the basketball, let me say one thing. Actually, The, the the injury excuse is like the stupidest. Like. It is Brooklyn was talking all this junk about beating the Celtics four-one, which they were supposed to sweep them, mind you not. Boston had was missing three starters, and, and they're celebrating about beating an injured three starters gone. They had Kemba, Robert Williams, and and Jalen Brown all out, right? And Jason Tatum beat a healthy Brooklyn Nets team by himself in one game. So now, and Brooklyn fans, I swear them are, are LeBron haters. So when they're like, oh ha, ha Lakers lost, Lakers lost. They, and was hurt, that's kind of a big piece. Like, hello, you guys don't if you're Brooklyn, you don't get a pass because you guys are hurt. Everybody else is hurt too. That's not fair. And then the one thing is, I was I was gonna say this if, if Harden didn't play, which I don't think for once, I don't think Harden should be playing. There's a difference between playing hurt and playing injured. I think he's injured. This is the same thing with with Anthony Davis, a groin yeah. and a hand. You don't really play through. It's not a jam finger. It's not a, a sprained ankle. It's not one of those things. A, a muscle soreness. They were saying James Harden's muscle was off the bone. Those are injuries. Oh those aren't playing hurt. That's that's yeah. not, he shouldn't be playing. Anyways, if he wasn't playing, this this would fall all on Katie's shoulders. And I don't want Kate. I don't want all these fans saying, "Oh, he lost because." He didn't have all his guys. We hold LeBron to that standard every single year. We expect LeBron to win every single year. If KD, who's getting ridiculous amounts of buzz as the best player in the world at this moment, we should hold him to that standard. You're KD. You're the best player in the world. Don't matter who's on your team. You should be winning. That's the that's the standard we have to hold him to.
0: Facts. And that's why I wish he didn't start any of this super team nonsense. And he just stayed in OKC because they were good enough to get there. But no, he had to go to Golden State. And his pathetic excuse was, oh, you know, Golden State, they're a great team. Well, no crap. They're a great team. They won 73 games this season before you got there. Of course, they were a great team. Like, what do you like? What kind of nonsense is that? But Anyways, we're, got, we're getting a little... I got zero respect. No, I, oh, exactly. I got none. But anyways, uh, we're getting a little off t- off topic here. Back to the, the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks here. I mean, we came on here. We were saying, you know, they were horrible. They were chucking up threes. They're still doing a little bit of that. I did not see the exact stat from Sunday. I'm going to go to that just now. But, I mean, they're getting better. Giannis is finally doing something. And they're getting a little more out of Middleton. And P.J. Tucker's getting in. Holiday's getting in. And man, Drew Holiday, how great was he at the end of Game Three? My goodness, just fantastic stuff. But I mean, all right. So honestly,
1: hold on. I'm gonna tell you this. Um, were you uh, impressed with Milwaukee? I was.
0: In Game Three, I did not watch much of Game Four, but Game Three. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I I was that impressed because first of all, they barely won, and they scored eighty six points. That is not anything. And and didn't didn't uh,
1: uh, Giannis and Chris Middleton combine for like seventy of those points?
0: Yes, it was them. They they beat the Brooklyn Nets. The Bucks didn't beat the Nets. Giannis and Middleton beat the Brooklyn Nets. That is not even that. It's like the most like miss. Like Giannis will finish with thirty five
1: and fourteen, and you'll be like, "Yo, this guy just took over." But like he. Almost, I swear, he almost shoots his team out of the game sometimes. Like, he got off to such a crazy start, him and Middleton. And it looked like they were... And then this dude just, like, bails him out, taking either the fadeaways from the post. Or he's taking... He took eight threes in that game. One for eight. Why are you... And he takes them at the worst times. It's like, he's literally lets them back in the game. That's why I, I can't... I, I have a problem with his numbers and everybody acting like he's all that. Like, if you watch these games... I swear half the time he hurts the team as much as he helps them.
0: Yeah, let alone he can't even make a free throw for the life of him. That doesn't help anyways. And especially the deeper you get into the playoffs and the the more important these games get into as this series is going to get to game six, potentially game seven, you're going to need to hit your goddamn free throws. And that's the as, as annoying as I know his threes are a whole other issue, but the free throws, I'm telling you, man, like they are so, so important. You're telling me, this dude
1: takes longer to shoot a free throw than the same ball it takes to run 100 meters.
0: Bruh, I, I wish I could say that that was false, but unfortunately, that was true. But I mean, it, the Bucks did make 16 threes, but then the, the issue here is they went 16 for 47. Like this is the, like they just take way too many unnecessary threes and they just need to just chill out with that a little bit. And I just, I can't get around it as to why they think they're such an amazing three-point shooting team because they're not. They're a horrible three-point shooting team. And it, it is, a it, it, down the stretch, it could really hurt them. I totally agree with that.
1: Not not even if they're, I don't care if they're a bad shooting team or if they're a good shooting team. But when you have such an obvious mismatch in the paint and like you still don't even like look at it like that, Like you got to change your game plans to the opponent, bro. I don't know if that's just me talking, like, because I watch Belichick every weekend, the <laughs> game plan. but, like, that's kind of what you're supposed to do in professional sports. Like, I don't get it.
0: Not professional sports, but in the NBA playoffs. I mean, we've been watching, you know, NBA especially is about you changing your matchup. For a reason. Exactly. There's a, like, because it's not your are one and done, right? That's just about now it's different. Let's just say, I know it's a completely different sport, but let's say, like, you know Seattle and the Rams are playing in the playoffs right Th- that would be their third time playing then the, then then you're given an opportunity being like okay yeah we can make adjustments cuz we played them twice but in an, in an NBA playoffs you're playing this team way more than three <laughs> the three times at the bare minimum you're playing them four times so you have to be able to make adjustments and and yeah get a scouting report even if they're if they're a divisional opponent you got to make sure that because you've played them way more than that time as well. You probably played them three, four times in the regular season. You have to, especially this is not a one and done game where you know you don't know a lot about that team. This is the NBA playoffs where you have to make adjustments. The teams that make the adjustments the best end up winning the entire thing. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with this man. I do I trust the Bucks to get this Damn. done? I Damn. honestly I. It, it makes me nervous. It gives me anxiety just thinking about being like. At first, this was like, "Oh yes, the Bucks. This is the best chance to get rid of the Nets." But now I'm like, I they're really... they're,
1: they're so they're not a good basketball team. I I I don't think any of the teams in the East deserve to make the finals. Like straight
0: up. The East, I honestly agree. I just, like, the only reason why I, I want the Bucs again is because I like Giannis, but I don't like the Bucks team. And I certainly do not like Mike Boonholder. I have not liked him for the past oh, like, no, every,
1: I, yeah, I get you. I'm only going for the Bucs because I'm going against the hate Brooklyn. the
0: Nets. Yep. Yeah. Nope. Same. Same. I, I, I definitely get that. And again, that's what I'm saying. The only reason why I picked the Bucks at the beginning of the playoffs, because again, I would want a guy like Giannis to win the championship. Having said that, if it came down to Giannis and CP three to win a title, it's not even a conversation who I want to hoist that trophy. It is Chris Paul any day, every day for, for who I would want to win the, the NBA title at the end of this thing. But I mean, man, I, I want, I hope I'm going to say, I'm going to say bucks and seven because that was my original pick. And again, because I don't want to see Brooklyn, but I totally agree with you. I don't really give a crap to see either of these teams. And, to be quite honest, if it was up to me, I would say hell, I wouldn't even mind the Atlanta Hawks making the NBA Finals. They're probably the most fun team, the less irritating team out of the four that I'd want to see in the NBA Finals.
1: Yeah, no, but we got to talk about game four, man. That P.J. Tucker's defense on, on KD, my God, this dude roughed him off. And he's doing it's a it great right matchup. now. I'm watching this first quarter right now. he He's roughing him up. Milwaukee's up. 15 in the first, but um PJ roughed them up, dude, and he had like 11 points in the first half. When prior to that, he had nine points all series. His defense been amazing, and I can't stand that Steve Nash after the game was like, "Oh, I was borderline on basketball physical." Like, shut up, dude. And I I like how they let them play. PJ Tucker played amazing. Pat Connaughton played amazing. Um, KD, bro, it's your time to step up, man. The, Shoulders built for a reason, you know what I'm saying?
0: Facts. No, that that PJ Tucker KD matchup has turned into a really entertaining one, especially when they got into it the other night. I mean, that's just playoff. Oh, yeah, I'm a
1: dumb security guy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's playoff scrappiness, you know, at its best. And that's a great matchup. And I like to hear that the Bucks are up right now. But at the same time, I wish I could be a little more excited about that, knowing the same thing happened in Game 3. Hold and on, look we got
1: yeah, we got to actually talk about that Game 3. You see this, man? He was, like, 1 for 11. And then the Bruce Brown thing. Oh, we are not talking about like that? This dude was hot in the first half, like, like 8 for 8. So, jump then down the stretch, every single time it got to him, he just shot it. Like, yo, you can look back at Hittie or look back at Kyrie, he was just jacking him. And that that's the Bruce Brown game. That's gonna go down in history as the Bruce Brown game. Man just shoot off two of the best closers we had in the league in the Yeah, that's
0: a that's a good point. I mean, it it was not pretty at Joe Harris was absolutely dreadful. Yeah, three points. Was just not pretty. And yeah, Bruce Brown, I mean, he was okay statistically, 16 points. But yeah, it was not a great day. Again, it wasn't really a great day offensively for either team. And it was day and night. Yet the Bucks win 30, 30 to 11 at the end of one. And then Brooklyn comes back in the second quarter and goes 31 to 15. So it was a – and then it, the quarters number three and four were both one-point differences. So it was a – game three was a very – thing
1: in, uh, in game four. Brooklyn went up by like 12 or something, and it was like, oh, here we go. But then uh, all of a sudden, Chris Middleton hit some timely shots. He wasn't crazy off the charts numbers-wise, but he hit timely shots whenever they needed it. And then mm-hmm. uh, K- Kyrie sprained his ankle in the midst of that run, and from there on. Uh, Milwaukee seemed in control. So both those games are pretty fest, but they're both entertaining.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And we'll see how the rest of this game transpires. It looks like it's the Bucks lead by 14 at the end of one. So, I mean, anything can happen. I expect fully fully expect the nets to come back in that game but but anyway speaking of the rest of the east there's one last series that we got to get to here the philadelphia 76ers and the atlanta hawks are tied up at two the hawks took game for 103 100 and in my opinion at least i thought this was a game the sixers should have had easily and i thought that those last few possessions late in that game were a little disappointing but um what did you think of the end of that game
1: um, let's talk about game three first. Uh, game three, I mean, it was, it was pretty it was still close. And, uh, I've never seen Ben Simmons take over a quarter like he did in that third quarter. That lobby through to NBA. That was straight up NBA game. Four. What a collapse, man. I, do you think that uh, John Collins, I must say, has played amazing amount of energy. He had three black Every time, you know, tried to pull away. I think he was a 20. really played well. Trey Young didn't pull well shooting the ball. Trey Young shooting the ball. Yes, that's not overlooked either. He's still getting, you know, shooting pretty poorly because they finally made the adjustments but put Ben Simmons in and, and then all of a sudden in the second half, Embiid goes over for 12 in the second half. Missed the a tying layup. And now people want to talk about his meniscus. Like, no. But that's when he was moving. Why we got to talk about it now? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. No, I definitely know what you mean. And it's not an excuse, you know. And I, you can tell MB definitely was a little bothered. But he was still out there. Like, if it was truly bothering him, then he wouldn't have been out there. But he was out there, and he was still making plays. And I think this had to do... I, I don't I don't even know what this was. The Hawks just kept playing, like they didn't do anything special. It's a young team that just kept grinding through that. And like that, John Collins was great down the stretch. Bogdanovich was great. Trey Young did his thing. Clint Capella finally got his act together late in that game. Yeah, like
1: the, he was the, the, he was off on that first half, but he oh it up.
0: he was he was and Sha- Shaq called him out at halftime. And I mean Clint Capella definitely. You know, I don't know if he listened to that or what, but something got into him and he looked a lot better in the second half. But again, I don't really know what, it, what the right word to define this was because Atlanta just, just played ball like you would. When you're down by double digits, you know, your coach usually just tells you just keep just keep playing. That's what the Hawks did. But I was very disappointed in, in the Sixers down the stretch. I thought their possessions weren't good. Ben Simmons got sloppy. You're right, Embiid couldn't finish a layup. And then they had a chance to tie it late and it was like Shake Milton didn't realize how many how much seconds were on the clock. It's six seconds, he gets down, and then he's looking for a pass. It's like, dude, just pull up and shoot and you have you had a he had a good look, but he passes it off to Seth Curry and it was a rush oh, yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was yeah, just and, yeah.
1: He felt the guy on his back, too, when he shot that. He was, like, kind of double. Shake has been hooping in the fourth quarter. I don't know why. And the guy
0: sagged off, gave him the room, dude. I was totally Yeah, shocked. that's that's what I mean. He had a good look, and he just gave it off. And I'm like, what are you doing? There's, like, two seconds left on the clock. Just pull up and shoot. But, I, oh, well, they they let it. I mean, he could have missed anyways, and it could have been the same result. But either way, I think that's a, it's a missed opportunity. For, for the 76ers. But I, I don't know what it is. There's something that bugs me about the Sixers. Like, I don't, like, yeah, sure, they were the number one seed. Joel Embiid is very, very, very good when he's healthy. And even when he's playing right now on the meniscus injury, he still looks very good. I think the one guy that bugs me the most has to be Ben Simmons out of everybody. Because Seth Curry's been pretty good. Tobias Harris has been very good and doing what he's doing with a, with an injury. Thibault's been pretty decent off the bench. Milton's giving you what he can. Dwight Howard gives you the little bit of jolt of energy that he can. But Ben Simmons, I just, I don't know what it is. Yeah, sure, he had that, you know, pretty decent run in game three, but other than that... No,
1: but he... he okay, I got to give him credit. He's done an amazing job on Trey Young. You look at Trey Young's shooting splits... What did he shoot? Like twenty five percent last game. Yeah. Like he's done his job on
0: trade. No, he has absolutely no defensively. He's doing his job exactly what he needed to. And after, but if Trae you're, Young, I get
1: what you mean. If you're, if you're the second best player on a team, we need more than eleven points.
0: Yes, that's what I mean. Like I get it. Sure. Okay. Great. You had a double double. Congratulations. But it's not enough. Like you know what I mean. It's not enough when you look at the Hawks. You're getting you know at least twenty from two of two from two of the guys. Sure, you're getting Tobias Harris as your leading scorer with 20 points and Bede's not having a good night. That's Ben Simmons, that's your cue to go out there and drop 25 plus. Because if your main guy isn't is doesn't look good, and you can tell he's laboring a little bit, you got to step up offensively. You know what, I agree. You know
1: yeah, go finish it down, and then I was
0: no, I was just ahead. saying Sim- Simmons has done his job, shut down Trey Young after he annihilated you guys in game one. He's done a great job there. But offensively, I just don't see it from him.
1: No, you know what really weirds me out about this series is Atlanta, okay? Here's, here's their starting five. Or the five that closes the games or whatever, right? Trey Young, absolute defensive liability. Probably the worst defender in the league. Bogdanovich, defensive liability. Who's their three? Gallinari, defensive liability. Sometimes they go with Lou Will, defensive liability. Yeah. John Collins, defensive liability. The only guy on the on their, in their like kind of rotation, who can play is Capella and DeAndre Hunter. If you're <laughs> Philly, Philly goes through spans when Embiid's not on the floor, and they don't know how to score. And I'm like, yo, if you can't score against these mismatches in the playoffs, if you're a small guard, and I saw this with Thomas with Kemba. All these small guards that the Saudis have had, they seek you out, these small guards. They literally force mismatches on them. And I can't believe you have Ben Simmons playing the one, and Trey Young is a foot shorter than him. And they're not even looking at that mismatch. They have four out of the five positions are a mismatch, and they're not even looking. At them. They can't put dry spells against this type of mismatch everywhere. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me.
0: No, no question. I You can't do that. And if, if it's for some weird reason, which I would hate if this was the matchup, Sixers-Nets-Eastern Conference Finals, the Sixers are going to get swept because they, they don't have the firepower, even if it's two out of the three. Let's take like a Kyrie or Harden, one of those two isn't playing, and it's just two of them. For all, like, your KD could probably drop more and, and, and keep them in a game there. But, like, I just, I can't see them being a good matchup. Even if they played the Bucks, all right, I see it they maybe going. Go.
1: Do you think if, if Milwaukee's holding the Nets to 86 points, you think Philly's going to score 50?
0: <laughs> no, no, not at all. And that's what I was going to say. I'm like, I think I think the Sixers would be able to squeeze a game or two out of them because the Bucks also find a way it. to lose yeah, games. Exactly. Like They don't find a way to win. They find a way to lose games because they'll, they'll have it. And they'll start chucking up threes, and they'll go 0 for 10 in like the in like the third quarter. And the Sixers will want to run, and they'll win a game or two. That's the only reason why I'll say that because KD and Kyrie and Harden, as much as I hate those three, and they Doc ain't Rivers, gonna let that no, no. happen. Doc
1: Rivers is too much for Bud. For Bud, yes, Doc Rivers no. will end up getting a game or two by himself. So. Yeah, exactly. Just strictly and- off Bud being incapable.
0: No, I totally get that. And that's what I was saying back at the beginning of the playoffs as well. How I feel like Doc Rivers is actually the X factor for the 76ers based off of the experience that he brings to the table to a fairly inexperienced Sixers team. But I, I, man, I have no idea how this is going to go. This could very well go seven. I'm going to say Sixers and six. That was my original pick. I'm going to stick with it. I think the Sixers will go home. They'll win game five and then they'll go on the road and they'll find a way to scrap out game six.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I had them in seven. Honestly, I was uh, – after 1-1, I was like, yo, Atlanta has a shot at this series. Then we saw Philly really hitting on all cylinders in game three. And I was like, you know what, just end this shit in five. But uh, Philly, kind of like Milwaukee, just finds a way to lose sometimes. That's what happens when when you tank for, for 10 years and even –
0: Yep. Yeah, you called that early on too. That exact that exact take. So I'm totally with you. I mean, I don't really care who comes out of the East. To be honest, all of these teams except for Atlanta, but Atlanta's fairly inexperienced. So that's why I don't think they'll come out of it. If they did find a way to be Philly, I think that would just be a really, really cool you success imagine story. How
1: weird it would be if Trey Young got to the finals before like all the other young dudes that we think of, like Luca or. Tatum or any of these other dudes and it's Trey Young of all guys
0: in the finals? It, I, I would be pretty cool. It would be something else and, and that would definitely shock a lot of guys. Obviously, there's a whole conversation that would come with that if the Atlanta Hawks were to do that. I mean, even if the Hawks made it to the conference finals and found a way to win two out of these next three, I think would be very impressive. But, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm rooting for Atlanta, to be honest. They're probably the only team left that I think are the most fun and they don't really have much to lose. Like no yes, one expected they play, the Hawks. They, they play fearless. They play. Yeah. Fearless. Like no one, really, no one really expected them to be here. They were the only team in the East that I didn't know much about coming into the playoffs. And they, they definitely educated me on how good they are as a team and how, what a job Nate McMillan has done has been fantastic. And I don't think a when lot of people were, talk about that.
1: Yeah. yeah. When they were at the, um at the beginning of the year, like, I'm talking like draft and free agency. They signed a bunch of guys, drafted Big O, signed you know Rondo Gallinari, and we're like, yo, you know what? DeAndre Hunter's gonna take a next step. We're like, this team might make the playoffs. They might get that eight seed, and then we're talking conference finals. I don't think anybody in Atlanta. I don't even think Quavo would have suspected this
0: if facts i mean that's that's a great way to put that but i mean we'll we'll see what happens but i mean it it should be exciting i'm hoping for at least one maybe even two game sevens in the next few days it's uh should be really fun and and the phoenix suns chris paul and book and all those guys they get to sit at home with the rest of us and and see how this plays out exactly and and it should be a fun one but before we wrap this up the NBA lottery is next week. And I don't know if we're going to be able to talk more about that. Even whether it's before or after we're going to talk about it anyways, but what are some things just before we wrap this up that you're kind of looking forward to in the lottery? Obviously it's not the draft or anything, but if there is anything you do look forward to in that,
1: I'm interested in this golden state, um, whole, uh, the pick. They they got, um, I think they have Minnesota's pick if it's top three protected, I believe. And if you're adding a, a and this we both know this class is loaded. You're adding a top five talent to a Golden State team that's getting Klay Thompson back. And you can use, you know, you can either they probably trade the top five talent in Wiggins, package them up to our Golden State gonna be right back in the mix next year.
0: Yeah, that's a you can I, even package is... them
1: with Wiseman, who they got last year, number three overall pick there. I mean number two overall pick there. So they have had pretty much two top five picks and in- Already, uh, this core nucleus has already won champion.
0: Yeah, yeah. Facts. That is a really good point. And the Warriors, I do think, if Clay comes back healthy, they are going to be right back in the mix. And you are right about that. If the Timberwolves do or get out of the top four, so either pick five or higher, then yes, the Warriors would get that pick. So I mean, if Minnesota even gets the fifth pick and that turns into a Warriors top five pick, that is that is something there that they could definitely get. So, I think that should be very interesting uh, to see what happens. I'm I'm interested to see, really, who goes after Cade. I think that's pretty obvious. We know that he's most likely going to go number one, most Yo, likely to I, Houston. And honestly, I'm, if if I'm being honest, Cade and John Wall doesn't seem like a bad duo in Houston.
1: Oh, no. John, John Wall ain't going to stay another year. John Wall, Fair well, enough.
0: Cade, Cade,
1: I told you this way back when we were still doing March Madness, and I'm like, yo, Cade's hands down the number one pick, right? But, yo, weird things happen at draft time. I'm, I said this then, and I'm going to say it again now. Evan Mobley's the guy that's going to get talked up the most, and it's going to be like the whole Anthony Edwards scenario last year. Like, James Wiseman was the number one pick, hands down. Randomly start talking up Anthony Edwards. Same thing in, in the NFL. Justin Fields was the number two guy all year. I yeah. Ended up going whatever. Evan Mobley is gonna be the the riser, just randomly riser over over talking. I don't get that. Never makes sense to me. I would probably one there on the more reason.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that. I wouldn't be surprised either. There's always that conversation of of a uh, uh, one pick and then two pick and who's gonna go there. And I've heard a lot of rumors about Mobley possibly going to Detroit if that's where the Pistons land as the second pick um, so yeah that, that would be very interesting I, I personally am kind of hoping I don't think this will happen I doubt it but if the Raptors for some weird reason get it's picks two three or four and Mobley's still there I think would be a really good pick from a Raptors fan perspective but either other than that I really don't really hey, at care least what
1: happens I've seen a of them Raptors fans better on are, are all or nothing.
0: Yeah, no facts, and it's uh, I, I can't wait to hear all that for the next few few weeks. You see, so, Photoshop in the jersey already. Right. Yeah, it's the facts. Anyway, anyways, we'll we'll talk about the lottery a lot more next week. Um, it will either be a pre lottery or post lottery, um, recap or preview that will go under next week. Um, but other than that, can't wait. A lot of great basketball coming our way. And um, be any last thoughts
1: you get a few of these in game seven, man. Except, uh, you know what? Just hopefully Brooklyn loses.
0: <laughs> Facts. I, I really don't think there's anything more. So you know what? I ended off last week's episode by saying this, and I think it's fair since we both really want Brooklyn to just be gone. And honestly, I, I hope Brooklyn is the next, is the next damn boat washing up the shore on Rock Bottom Beach. I hope it's KD and Kyrie. Because, man, oh, man, I just have enough. But Giannis, let's do it again. Let's go, Milwaukee. Fear the deer. Let's go. Finish off Brooklyn. But anyways, that's a wrap from this week's episode of Baller Island. Jay Sohota, Bilal Lahi, And we will see you next week. And, of course, don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. thank you for tuning in to another episode of Baller Island. We got a lot more content coming your way so make sure to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.